0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we're looking at the gospel lesson for the ninth Sunday After Pentecost. And it is another parable. And what I find interesting about parables is how easily it is to misread or misunderstand the parable. We can easily look at the parable as a good story with a good moral. And if you just do this and insert yourself, then you too will have better understanding to be a better person, a better productive whatever. And this Really does again miss the whole point of anything that Jesus says. What's really interesting with just about anything Jesus says, it's all about Himself. And this is never done in arrogance, this is never done from a selfish or self centered perspective. It is always done about Him for you, His work for your forgiveness, his death for your life, his righteousness for your unrighteousness, the great exchange. And the parables that come to us from St. Matthew chapter 13 are no different. Because again, it's real easy to read ourselves into the text. So just beginning with verse 44 of uh, St. Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like Treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea. Gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore, sat down and sorted the good into containers and threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understand all have you understood all these things they the disciples said to him yes and he said to them therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasures what is new and what is old and so a lot is happening and just look the first uh, parable. You have a man who finds a treasure in a field. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that would be really cool. There you are just minding your own business, and you, you trip, trip over this uh, treasure chest or, or whatever. And you are so excited that you cover it up make sure that you know where it is, and you sell everything to buy that field because now you are the rightful owner of that treasure. So, again, right there, you just heard me make this parable about what I do. I found the treasure. I sold all my possessions. I purchased. I, I, me, me. And again, we're told to give ourselves to God. We are to uh, be obedient to We are to be participants. We are to die to Christ and so on and so forth. So, I I see that it is quite easy to say you are to give up everything. In fact, Jesus says, uh, he who loses his life for my name's sake will get, get life or have life in me. And we are to give up everything for God. After all, it's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. There is nothing in this world that should be between you and God, period. Not your thoughts, not your words, not your actions. And as you know, we are sinners. And we put a lot of things between us and God. And so we're guilty of that. So again, it's easy, and we got this really great moral. Sell everything, give everything, and the treasure is God. Well, actually, this is all about God. And you have God in Christ who comes and he finds you. You're buried. You're just laying there. You are passive in this parable. And what does he do? He sees And assigns and ascribes you such great value that he sells everything to possess you. So, put this in bigger perspective. The Old Testament promises the Messiah. The Messiah will come and redeem the world, redeem sinners. Jesus shows up. He lives the perfect life to redeem, to buy back to buy you, not with gold, not with silver, not with money, but with his holy, innocent, precious blood. That blood is spilt for you and for creation. And God buys back. God claims creation, the field, and you. So now, once again, We see from the perspective of God, he is the one doing all the work, doing all the sacrifice. And what are we? We're the ones receiving this. We are pulled from the field and brought in to be his. And so again, we are the ones that cost. We cost his life. We cost his death. We cost his wrath and we get all the benefits of perfection, righteousness, forgiveness, salvation, life everlasting. So, again, let's just move on to the the second parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who searches for fine pearls, and he finds one. And what does he do? He sells everything, all that he had. And again, we see at the scriptures, we see that God's work, God's gifts of life, forgiveness, righteousness, all this is something that should be desired and treasured above all things. And we should not let anything, our worldly possessions, money, whatever, get in the way. So sell everything for the great pearl of great cost, the gospel, Jesus, however you want to say it. But once again, this is all about me, I found this pearl. I sold everything. I possess the gospel. I possess Christ. But if we look at it through the perspective of Jesus, through the perspective of God, we see that he is the merchant and he is searching for the fine pearls. What I like about this is if we were to really look at ourselves, are we fine pearls? Are we that good And the answer quickly, if we're being honest, is no, we're not. But we, in God's eyes, are fine pearls. We are so fine, we are so good, according to God, that he sells everything that he had. We have Jesus giving everything, his life, for us, spilling, as I said, holy, innocent, blood for you. This is all of it. And again, these parables keep pointing back to the work that God does in Christ. You are the passive recipient. That means that you do not add anything to God's work. He is the one that buys you back. He is the one that possesses you. He is the one at work. We are on the receiving end. And this is what we need to be reminded of often. Because, again, I don't know if you're anything like me. I hear this and I say, this is absolutely good news. Okay, God, what do I do now? How do I show? How do I work? How do I do these things? How do I help you, God, earn my salvation? And, of course, God is very patient and says, it is finished. Yes, God, I get it. So what do I do to help? It is complete. It is done. It is full. That's awesome, God. Okay, what do I do? And again, this this reception part. It's hard because we don't like free stuff. I didn't earn my salvation. I didn't earn God's love. I didn't sell everything. I'm not that obedient to be able to release everything and truly put God at the forefront of all my thoughts, all my words, all my actions. And so this parable is focused squarely upon what Christ Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, your God, has done to buy you, to claim you, to make you his treasured possessions, his treasured people. And it is there that this is where we find our worth. This is where we find who and what we are. We are the people of God to live in the comfort of his grace his mercy, his care. Because if we are his treasured possessions, and just think about the things that you treasure, you care for them, you protect them, you continue to ensure that they sustain their value or whatever that needs to be done. This is the same thing that God does to and for you. This is what happens in the divine service. It is all that God does to keep you His. The forgiveness of sins, the reminding of His love, the promises of His gifts are all laid out and given to you so that you will be cared for. You will be kept in the holy ark, in the church, in Christ through the preaching, through the proclamation, through the gifts of Christ himself to and for you. And then even with the parable of the fish, we actually see this come true several times. When Jesus calls uh, some of the disciples, he tells them to cast the net on the other side and the The catch is so great, it takes all of them, and I can't even get it into the boat. And then after the resurrection, the same thing. I believe they catch 157 fish. So this parable actually comes true. But there's a bigger point to this parable more than the other two events that uh, happen. The separation, the good fish from the bad fish. And I'd like to point out something really interesting. Notice who is taken away. It is the bad fish. The bad fish are removed, and the good fish are left behind. They are left behind to be included in God's kingdom and God's life. And this is true for us. We have all the evildoers, all the the people who do works of unrighteousness and unbelief. They are the ones that will be separated. They are the ones that will be cast out. And we hear the the fiery furnace. This is again said. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not a good place. This is not a good thing. And so we... We who have been bought, we who have been found, we who have been claimed as his great treasure, we now live in this promise. We now trust in this promise. We now receive in faith, knowing the fullness of the truth, the life of Christ placed upon us. This is where the work of the Christian begins. It is after justification. It is after the works that have been done and applied, imputed, placed upon in and through you because of Christ. This is all laid upon you. And now you are to live this life. What does that look like? This is loving your neighbor. This is loving God in the many and various ways that you get to do this. This is by being the best mother, father, husband, wife, child, parent, student, employer, employee, teacher. Wherever you are placed that God has given to you, you are to serve God by serving those placed into your life. And really, when we think about this, your imagination is the only thing that stands in the way. How can you serve? You really do get to give of yourself, reflecting the giving of Jesus for you. And this is what is laid before you, especially in these parables. And Jesus continues and asks this great question of the disciples, "'Have you understand these things?' And they said to him, "'Yes.'" And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of the house, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And this reminds me of, I believe it's a 5th or 6th century church father. His name is St. Lawrence. And the Roman Empire saw that the church had money. And apparently, Rome was running low on money. This governor or or, uh, mayor or whatever saw that the church that St. Lawrence served uh, had money. And so, he comes and he knocks on the door and says, Lawrence, I demand you empty the treasury of the church and give it to Rome. And give give the treasures of the church. And Lawrence says, uh, give me a moment and I'll, I'll gather the treasures and I will give them to you. And the, the governor or mayor is impressed that there there isn't a fight. There isn't a, a fight to, to get this. And that Lawrence was willing to, to just... Do what was told. And we see then that he goes and gathers the sick. He goes and gathers the lame, the, the old, uh, all the, the people that we would say are, are invalid. And he brings them out and displays them to the governor. And says, These are the treasures of the church, for these are the very people Jesus spilled his blood to redeem. These are the valued members of Christ. And of course, this made the governor mad, and St. Lawrence was martyred, killed, and he was actually put on a grill and burned. And it's reported that as he was roasting on the the fire, that he said that, uh, I'm done on this side, you can turn me over. I don't know how true that is. But I tell this story to once again point out that that last part of the text that the scribes, the pastors— bring out the old and new treasures. And this doesn't mean the young children and the older people. This means the doctrines and the teachings of old for the youth and the aged. We are the treasures of God, and we have the treasure of God. His love, his forgiveness, his life. And we get to find this when we read the scriptures, when the scriptures teach us the doctrine, the dogma that he gives to us. He teaches us how to believe, what to believe. And these should be treasured and held onto so that we never lose sight of what God has given to us. All doctrine points to Christ and Christ for you. Doctrine is not man-made. Doctrine is not about trying to keep people in line. It's not about rules. It's about you understanding what the scriptures say. And they say Christ sold everything to find, deliver, and make you his. And this is what all these parables are about. You get to receive what God gives. You get to live in what God gives. And we get to rejoice in the immensity of God's love, God's promises, fulfilled in all that Jesus does for you. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.